Hello there and welcome into Career Competitor, the show that seeks to light that competitive fire within you in order to jumpstart or optimize your career. I'm Steve Meller and we are brought to you by my friends over at the CG Sports Network and one of their most recent signees actually joins us today on the show. Erin Milzinski, a Canadian Olympic alpine skier, joins us and Erin has claimed three t- three podium finishes at the World Cup level now over her career. And she's someone that, quite frankly, has been immersed in the sport of skiing from the age that she was physically able to go down those slopes. Now, in this particular episode, even though we're speaking with someone that, as I just referenced there, has immersed themselves in their sport for the entirety of their life so far, this is something that we can all relate to. Erin's story, if you had to sum it up with maybe some sort of a theme, I would say... The theme is support within this particular episode. Erin is a fantastic support system that she exists within. She's extremely disciplined today at supporting herself. She's also incredibly available to support others as well. But in order to get to that point in life, we've had to evolve, we've had to learn, we've had to take a lot of lessons along the way. And Erin shed some light on some of the more obvious things, but also some of the things that are much more personal. And as always, I greatly appreciate when my guests are willing to just dig a little deeper and get slightly vulnerable with us and provide some perspective on things that I like to think that we can all relate to when it comes to simply being better human beings. So Erin is really just a fantastic example of what it means to be a career competitor, someone that is driven to perform, someone that is driven to always be bettering themselves each and every day, whether it be through their sport or through life in general. So let's welcome in Erin Milzinski to the Career Competitor Podcast, and I hope you all enjoy. Hey guys, before we get to the interview, let's get caught up on everything you need to know about Career Competitor. Firstly, make sure whatever platform you're listening to me on right now, you're giving us a subscribe or a follow and certainly leaving some sort of rating as well. Those of you listening to me on Apple Podcasts, do me a favor, click that fifth star, leave some sort of a review. It really does help build the awareness of the show so that more people can be impacted by these amazing pieces of insight that my guests are bringing to you, the listener. Now, those of you on Instagram, those of you on LinkedIn, make sure we're getting connected. Career underscore competitor, you can follow the show right there. Or you can go to LinkedIn, just search for my name, Steve Mallet. I'd love to get connected with you and hear from you. Now, those of you that are looking to truly optimize yourself and find your absolute best, make sure you're going to careercompetitor.com. I can help you. I offer coaching services specific to you. That's right. It doesn't matter whether you're in sport, whether you're in business, whether you're just doing something to try and optimize yourself as a human being. I am here to help you and I would love to sit down and take 30 minutes of my time for free and listen to what it is you're trying to do with your life and I would love to give you a little bit of insight and see how we can maybe collaborate and get to work together. So you can reach out to me at steve at careercompetitor.com or just go to the website careercompetitor.com and learn all about myself and the services that we provide. So many reasons to be checking out careercompetitor.com and certainly many reasons to be listening to the show as well. So with that being said, let's get to our interview. Okay, well, I am delighted to be welcoming in Erin Milzinski to the Career Competitor Podcast. Erin, you are far north in Canada at the moment. How are you today? I'm good. How are you? I'm doing great. Doing great. What's the weather like where you are? It's pretty warm and sunny today. It's uncharacteristically warm, I guess. Here, usually it's pretty cold and yeah, it's sunny and beautiful. Oh, wow. Well, I, I must say that I've, I've gone to Canada a couple of times over the years, but 
I don't think I've gotten anywhere near as north as you are right now. Um, but uh, I'm, I'm not sure I could handle that. But at the same time, with that being said, why don't you just tell everybody why it is you're up there, what it is you do for a living that would take somebody up to the far, most farthest north part of, of Ontario? Yeah, well, first of all, I'm an alpine skier. Um, I specialize in slalom, which is the slower discipline, but faster movements. So we go slower speeds, but faster movements. Um, and I've been on the national team since 2008. So many years. Mm. Um, and we just came home from a training camp in Europe and I am at an off-grid cabin up North just to, I like to kind of shut everything off after a camp and really, Mm. I don't know, relax and I don't know, just take some time away from people away from the hustle and bustle. So yeah, we have off-grid cabin, um, solar, no running water. Um, not really much data so I'm coming from you or to you here from the back of a car but yeah I'm um, on the ski team I'm a three-time Olympian um, three-time medalist on the world cup circuit and um, yeah I used to water ski as well before in previous oh, life <laughs> okay so you went from the water to the to the frozen water so to speak yeah <laughs> uh, well cool well whereabouts in Europe were you we started in Italy and then we went to an out an indoor training hall in the Netherlands. And then we went back to Italy. Our coaches are mostly Italian. So we kind of have some uh, inside scoops with the Italians for training and we train up on glaciers. So really, really high elevation at this time of year, because it's kind of still summer there as well. Okay. Yeah. It's, uh, it's all fascinating to me because I'll, I'll let you in on a little secret. I know so very little, if not, you know, you could probably say nothing um, about just skiing in general. I've always watched it uh, when it comes to Winter Olympics. I'm just a sports enthusiast. If I can see someone doing something incredibly well in sport, I'll put the TV on and, and certainly watch it. And one thing I have always been blown away by is just the, um, I guess, the ability to just not see the incredible incredible amount of just hazardous things that are in front of you when you do what it is you do like you're up there at the top before you start all you see are obstacles in front of you literal obstacles literal reasons why you could fall over and potentially get hurt and you just do it and you do it over and over and over every single day and i think for me i I guess i must be just admitting that i'm a worse at the end of the day but at the same time one thing i'd love to learn from you aaron is let's go back to the beginning so to speak when you maybe first realize that, hey, when I'm when I'm at the top of these mountains, when I'm looking down, when I'm barreling down and doing these incredible things, this is something that just really sparks a fire in me. What when was it that you realized that this was maybe going to be your destiny? I guess I don't have the same story a lot of people do. Um, I started skiing before I was two. Um, my family loved it, and I think my destiny at first was water skiing. I was more naturally talented as a water skier. Hmm. I um, I reached the open. So you're competing with all women, I think at the age of 12 or 13, um, all, all age groups. So I was drug tested for the first time at 13 for water skiing. Wow. And I think that that's what I thought my destiny was. They train really hard. We train five times a day as kids and we weren't allowed to go play with friends or go to the local market until we train five times a day. And we train in, I don't know, sometimes I'd wear three wetsuits just because it's it's not the warmest in Canada sometimes um but I guess I just love to alpine ski I love to be around people I love to ride the chairlifts um I love to go fast Mm. and so it kind of I worked really hard for sure and and 
there's no doubt about that. But when I made the national team for alpine skiing and I made the decision, that's maybe when I was kind of on a one track mind to try to make the Olympic games. And so for me, it wasn't really, you know, one time watching someone on the, on the Olympics, like on TV or anything like that. It was more, um, I don't know, sports were my family's life growing up. Mm. And um, I mean, my name is Aaron because my mom pictured me racing down the hill so aggressively that people couldn't tell if I was a boy or a girl <laughs> unisex name. Right. Um, so I don't know if I had much of a choice. It was, it was, um, you know, water skiing or skiing and we were going to get, my sister and I were going to get good at one of them and she was water skiing and I was alpine skiing. That's so cool. That's so cool. And I, I can't, uh, growing up in the Northwest of England, I certainly can't relate to that. Uh, just <laughs> there wasn't many other options aside from uh, maybe soccer and a couple of other sports for me. So those were the sports that I was doing, but when you have those sort of options to you, I suppose you are destined in, in many ways to, to do something like that. And, and, and just kind of sticking on this, theme of of how you got going here when you look at your career achievements up to this point what was it maybe early on once you decided to go down that route of skiing where you felt that incentive to say hey this is something i can be really good at this is something that i can see myself succeeding at high levels enough to where i can make a career out of this oh I, that's a good question and again i don't know if i have the same answer as a lot of olympians mm. i um for sure. I, I was talented and for sure I was, you know, trying to beat the boys and I was one of the good girls growing up, but a lot of my teammates were really stand out and you just knew that they were going to be, you know, some of the best in the world at such a young age. For me, my story, at least from how I see it was a little bit different. Um, I don't know. I guess, I guess when it really, I, I guess I had kind of a quiet confidence. And when I, when I made the national team, I knew I was good enough to be there, but I had a couple tough years at the beginning. And I guess when I really thought, Hey, maybe I can do this is when I started my first world cup and it was super icy and it was really challenging. And, um, I, we call it qualifying. So I came 30th in my first world cup. And that year I actually went to my first Olympics at, at age 19, but I don't know, maybe I just didn't look that far ahead. I just have this kind of crazy drive and motivation and kind of will to put one foot in front of the other. Maybe that's a little bit what I'm known for. And so I don't know if I really looked as far ahead as to say, hey, I'm going to make a career out of this. I always wanted to be a veterinarian. I studied really hard in school. It wasn't, I never thought you could be, your career could be an athlete. And so it was Mm -hmm. kind of just one thing led to another. And I just worked really, really hard. And then this is kind of what became of it. I didn't, I just didn't think that hard about it. Yeah. I love that. I think it's something actually that's come up a few times in the show before when people are figuring out their careers is that they're actually not figuring it out. They're just sort of doing it. They're just present in the moment and they're, they're finding things out about themselves as they go. And they're, it's almost like a career discovery as you go, just always discovering like, Oh, I can do this. Oh, cool. I'll keep doing it then. And clearly that's the story here with you, but the veterinary route, I love this because this is what I love about the show. Because when we do bring athletes on, there's usually something that was like an itch at one point of your life that you thought this was the route I was going to go down as a, as a particular career route. So where did that desire come from and, and, and why is it too late? Can you still be a veterinarian? Is it too late? Yeah, I, uh, all I wanted to do as a kid was be a veterinarian. I love animals. Like 
it's probably too much how much I love animals you know I, I uh, yeah it's it's a huge joy in my life just being around nature and you know I, I have a goal to own some land and have some animals in the future mm. and so every step I took um, was to be a veterinarian everything I studied was to be a veterinarian which was kind of cool looking back to have kind of a one-track mind mm-hmm. um, and then skiing came in and and I became an Olympian and now I'm a skier and I don't know if it's too late. I don't know if it's too late ever to do anything, especially mm-hmm. following something that I know I would love and be passionate about. Um, so maybe that's in my future. I guess where I shift a little bit now is how do I take what's been my first career now as an athlete and use the tools and the skills and the um, mindset that I've developed to not only take it into my next career, but also help people through it. I think if I became a veterinarian, I would just completely step away from the world of sports. Mm -hmm. And I don't know if that's the right thing to do when so many people have given me so much and lifted me up so much. I don't know if the right thing to do is just to step away. I guess that Mm -hmm. that's where the shift is coming now. Yeah. Well, you've come to the right place because this show was literally born on this very paradigm of of just an athlete being in this place where they're maybe leaving their sport behind or they're they're looking into the future and wondering how in the heck can I do something different that's away from here. And you've just sort of said it there that all these many different qualities and characteristics, and I'm sure even your network to a certain extent as well from your career here as an athlete is something that is something that is a resource is something you can potentially go back and 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 use and utilize in the future and this isn't me trying to convince you to become a veterinarian just to be clear well what i'm what i'm getting at here is that it's great to hear someone who currently is a professional athlete having this little even if it's not one whole eye at least just part of your perspective is thinking in a way where hey how can i maybe best utilize these these qualities these experiences that i've been able to attain here over many years now as an athlete in a way in a different field in a different life beyond my sport and i really want to hold on to that that little um thought that you had there about potentially walking away and feeling as though there's this possibility to almost let people down by sort of removing yourself from this world that you've been in for so long and i want to bring this up because i love to have these slightly difficult conversations and so for me if there's anybody listening to this now who's maybe been in a situation like this or maybe struggling with something like this, and it might not even be sport, it might just be they're leaving one career and they're moving into something different and they're, they're struggling with that sort of battle within. As you look at the world that you're in right now, if you don't mind me asking, what would you feel as though you're letting down? What would you feel as though you're potentially giving up if you were to one day move into a different field altogether? Um, I think, I think as I've done this, I've, at the beginning, I was just doing this, you know, Mm. I was putting one foot in front of the other, as I said. And now I think that a lot of people have put a lot in my career. Um, but I don't think it's those people I'm letting down. I think it's the next generation, Interesting, especially next generation of female ski racers. Um, I don't want to go back and be a coach because I don't want to travel the way I do. Mm. Um, but I would love to help our female coaches kind of rise up in the coaching world, but also help kind of motivate and, um, you know, show that younger generation, I don't know, some of the mental skills that I've learned 
that I maybe learned too late. I think that we mm. start using sports psychologists when there's a problem and we need to start using them earlier when there's no problems. It's a tool, it's a strategy. It's not a problem solving tool all the time. I think that, you know, this thought of being motivated, this thought of, you know, being feminine and doing a sport that's my sport is pretty um, aggressive sport. I think that there's so much to give back. And I think that that's who I would be letting down this this younger generation, and I've been through some amazing, amazing experiences, but I've been through some pretty crazy lows as well as every athlete has. But mm. I think in my head, I've always thought these lows need to mean something. And so if I can stop some of the younger generation from going through what I went through just by speaking out or talking to them or communicating or one-on-one -on -one time, then, you know, those lows have meant something in my life. And so I think that I feel like I would be giving up, letting down that younger generation, not really the people who have, you know, invested in me or those coaches who have stood behind me. I don't think that's what it is. I think it's more, you know, that younger generation and maybe letting down myself because I've really become a student of my sport. Um, mm. I don't want to say I'm an expert, but it's been a long time that I've studied um, the mental game and the physical game and, um, I think that there's a lot that I could do in that realm. Mm -hmm. In saying that, I also know that the skills I've learned would help me become a veterinarian and, you know, yeah. that motivation and that resilience. And, and um, I have no doubt about that. Those problem solving mm -hmm. skills, but I, I, it's not that I don't want to let anyone down. It's that I, I see a gap and mm. maybe I could fill it a little, yeah. a little bit. Absolutely. Uh, firstly, thank you. I mean, that is the, such a wonderful sentiment. And I, I, again, this is what I love about this show is it, at the surface, it seems like it's such a simple idea of just let's talk about our career growth and the competitors that we are. But underneath it all, as you put it there, there's these gaps. There's always these gaps. If you're willing to discuss it and we're willing to look for it, there's a gap somewhere that we can capitalize on in the sense of, hey, this is an opportunity for you to share wisdom, to share experience with and something that I'm actually passionate about, I have a two-year-old daughter. And for me, everything I, whenever I get onto these conversations with women who are well-established in what it is they do, I can't help but put myself in the shoes of my daughter five, 10, 15 years from now and say, will these opportunities be there? Will she be utilized? Will she, will she have the tools to utilize those opportunities to the best of her ability? And someone like you who has been there, done it for so long and has this wealth of knowledge and expertise there, there are two-year-old, three-year-old girls right now getting on the slopes for the first time like you did back then that could really benefit from that. And I get it. I, I, I hear all of it. And I think it's just beautiful that that's the component that you feel like you would be losing out on if you didn't continue down this path. And um, you know, for anybody listening, I, I really do encourage you to hear these words and try to put yourself in, in, in the world that you exist within because we all deal with this stuff. I myself have made a career change very, very uh, recently for very similar reasons. I saw a gap and I didn't, I, and I actually go from coming it from a different perspective. I saw a gap in the sense of action that needed to be taken and I didn't feel was being taken. And I want to now utilize some of my energy towards educating people to do better in, in the future in terms of being able to acknowledge and see some things that need to, where action needs to be taken. But in some ways, you're saying that here too. You're saying that there's women that deserve chances, little girls that deserve chances that may have otherwise not, and got, uh, not gotten those chances. But 
here I am going down a path that I never anticipated as discussing within this conversation. But again, like I said, it's what I love about the show is, is having these opportunities to bring these sort of things up. Um, one thing I definitely wanted to get onto, or before, before I move on any more, Aaron, um, what, what sort of things do you maybe feel as though you already are doing to work on this stuff? Yeah, last season um, was off season for everyone, I think, um, you know, that we didn't, our younger generation didn't have a season here in Canada, everything shut down with COVID and they were stuck at home on their phones. Um, so I made, um, we train in bibs. They're, I guess you could say they're jerseys, but they're tight in their bibs. And so I designed two with a local artist and we, um, I created a Google doc. And then with the help of my family, we shipped and sent all completely free, I think 420 bibs across the country. So, um, thousands of kilometers of, of bibs. Yeah. So it was really cool. Um, and then I tried to reach out to some of the girls and the, the parents and coaches, and I try to answer the questions if they ask on Instagram and, what really came out from the Google Drive is uh, the Google Doc, sorry, that they had to fill out as I asked kind of fun but tough questions. Um, what's your favorite thing about ski racing or what would be your perfect day on skis? And time and time again, the girls said, um, I love to ski because it's the one place I don't feel stressed. And these are 13 year olds. I mean, the age ranged, but a yeah. lot were around 13. Wow. Um, so now I kind of, I'm trying to shift. I'm actually trying to start my own podcast. Um, there we go. <laughs> the first episode. Yeah. So it's, it's a new challenge for me to kind of be brave. And the whole thing is um, finding bravery from those setbacks, but also, you know, now social media is just part of our world. It's just the way it is. And what is hard for me to come to terms with is it's always the highlight reel. And a lot of people say that I'm very honest on my social media um, but I still think of my social as a highlight reel. I try to be honest, but you know, we, we put our best foot forward. And I think that it's important to show the tough things we go through, but how those tough things are actually how we cultivate motivation and how we find bravery. Um, and I'm really hoping to find some connection and communication with this younger generation through that so that they can ask some questions and they can you know, hear some stories through real and vulnerable conversations, um, kind of what's behind the, that highlight reel, because, you know, we see my first episode, I talk about what went into the prep before my second Olympic games. And people probably think, you know, second Olympic, she's working hard. This is what's happening. And probably my Instagram showed the same thing. And it was kind of a dark time for me. Um, so I'm really trying to break it down without being negative or anything just um to try to show the real parts and also advocate for those real connections and that bravery and you know for me um the mental game is huge and the sports psychologist it's not like hey i have a problem let's go to a sports psychologist it's like okay how do you use this person to um create your game plan on race day how do you actually visualize how do you break down your visualization are you in your body or are you you know, pretending you're in the best in the world's body. Are you visualizing setbacks when you're visualizing? All these things are such, um, I don't know, they're tools that you can put in your toolbox. And so also advocating some of those skills and hopefully I can do more once I, once I move on. But right now it's just really trying to, um, you know, share some of my own knowledge in kind of a real way and then connect with those girls through whatever it is if it's social if it's emails if it's facetime calls and 
and hopefully I can come and my goal would be to ski at every ski resort across Canada and kind of um, whatever they need, need, do that for them. If they want a ski day, if they want to talk, something like that. Yeah. Wow. This is awesome. I mean, firstly, firstly, Hey, if you ever need a guest to come on and have some difficult conversations with you, got one right here. I'm, I'm all about oh, it. That'd um, be amazing. <laughs> but um, in addition to that, like, I mean, you, you, you kind of blow my mind right now because there's, there's so much stuff that there's so much stuff that I personally am an advocate for and, and, and people will have heard on this show before. Uh, a lot of the stuff that you're bringing to light here is stuff that I am just a, a champion of in terms of just making sure this stuff doesn't get ever get overlooked. Um, but I, again, just going back to my personal situation right now, as, as I just alluded to earlier, that this is something I'm just so passionate about to the point of where I was willing to make a career change. And I think for, for anybody listening here, Again, you're listening to an alpine skier and you might be working in an office right now and thinking, what in the world do I have in, in connection with an alpine skier? And you're hearing it right now. You can't tell me that you don't have difficult days. You can't tell me that you don't struggle at times. Uh, everybody does. Everyone has their bad moments. And what you're saying here is that this, this doesn't need to be a negative thing. This doesn't need to be heard in, with a negative connotation. This is something that quite frankly can actually, we can build, we can grow from. And everybody goes through this stuff and it's it's really okay. It's really fine. And I love that you're putting this information out there for 12, 13 year old girls, especially. It's something that, again, I've seen it way too closely. It's just these, these are so impactful individuals. At this time, they are so easily influenced in ways that can go both so positively and so negatively. And the delicacy of that balancing act is something that we all have to take more seriously. And especially with something as powerful as social media. But for you to talk about this from your perspective of someone that's well-established in life, a grown-up who, who can make their own decisions, who's strong enough to decide what's good and what's, what's not good for them, that's great. They need to hear that. And, and anybody listening to this who's in their 30s, their 40s, their 50s, that's well-established in their career, you need to hear it as well. You're having a crap day, it's okay. If you're having a tough time, it's okay. And it's definitely okay to talk about it as well. Um, so I appreciate that and, and just really just applaud it as well. I think this sounds like an awesome, awesome podcast that you're going to be doing. I'll certainly be tuning in. That's for sure. Um, but one thing, Aaron, I, I can't let you go without telling everybody what you've got coming up ahead because there's big things on the horizon. So just, you've, you've obviously come from a training camp. What events, what sort of things have we, have we got to look forward to here in the next 12 months? Yeah. So it's a big year for us. Um, yeah. I am currently training really hard on snow and off snow um, because our qualifications start soon for the next Olympics. So my goal would be to be a podium contender. I don't just want to go there and, and, you know, compete. I want to be a podium contender at my fourth Olympic games. Um, you know, it's, it's coming up now, but there's a lot to do from now until then I have to qualify. I, I um, have to get faster on my skis, stronger in the gym. Um, so yeah, it's a really exciting year. And um, the way we qualify is through our world cup. So we actually have a world cup season leading in, which is, which is great because we have many chances to qualify and we make sure that we take, um, the people that are really performing time and time again, all the way leading up to the game. So for us, it's kind of last minute, but the way I'm preparing right now is, um, with my eyes set on the, hopefully being a podium contender at my fourth Olympics. Oh, just say it. Don't say, hopefully just say it, <laughs> just say it, just say, that's what I'm doing. That's what I'm doing. Yeah. Um, uh, but I, that's great. That's really exciting. And, um, you know, when we first got connected and introduced to one another, I was, I was made aware very quickly that I was going to be talking to someone who is very much a contender, very much a, 
you know, competitively on a globe, uh, competitive on a global level in, in relation to what it is she does. But what I love, again, what I love about the show, Aaron, is that, you know, for anyone listening to this, we didn't just talk to someone today who's a, a world-class skier. We talked to someone who's much more than that, that brings a heck of a lot more to the table than that. Um, I cannot thank you enough just for your, your, your honesty, your vulnerability, your willingness to share. Uh, before I let you go, please tell anybody that's listening that isn't an avid fan already where they can maybe learn a little bit more about you and follow you. Yeah, absolutely. I'm um, definitely the most active on my Instagram account. It's just my name, at Aaron Milzinski. Uh, my website is aaronmilzinski.com. Again, just my name.com. It's a complicated one. But um, mm-hmm. yeah, and you can follow along there. And one thing I wanted to say and how you kind of introduced me is that, um, you know, people look at skiing and they're like, how do you do this sport that's scary and it's fast and it's icy and it's bumpy and it's all these things without feeling fear. And that's one of my biggest messages that we're afraid. It's not that we don't feel fear. It's that, you know, you, and it's not that we don't see the hazards. You know, I've been trained my whole life um, to see where the spill zone is. If I fall, am I going to hit a tree? Am I going to, is a net going to protect me? Am I going to hit a person? And we advocate for that. We advocate for safety and we, you know, if we see a problem and then honestly, you stand in the start and you go and do it anyways. And that's, um, I think that's what makes us, you know, people can see these superheroes. Um, but I promise you that everyone feels fear and it's just learning, you know, how to mitigate the risks and then how to just do it anyways. And so I think that that's the, it relates us a lot to a lot of people because, you know, for you, your first podcast episode was probably really scary. And so you, you planned and you prepared and then you just did it anyways. And so I think that that's the, a big takeaway when you talk to athletes, it's, it's um, not that we don't see the hazards or that we're not afraid. It's that it's, you know, you just learn how to kind of them, try to them. And then you, you just push out of the start. Well, I love it. I love it. And for you, it's so real for so many of us, we can use that as a wonderful metaphor. And I'm very comfortable doing that from the comfort of my living room, using your experiences as a metaphor. (laughs) But uh, I love that you sort of explain that in more detail, because I think people need to realize that. And um, again, it just, uh, it humanizes you, right? It just makes it, you know, you're not, you're not superwoman and nobody is a superhero. And as much as we are seen as, as athletes, sorry, are seen in, in those sort of eyes, um, by, by the youth, like, and, and rightfully so, um, it's also important for those little kids to know that you're, you're not just a, uh, a freak of nature that just doesn't see fear or feel fear or anything like that, that you feel and you see it all. So thanks so much for that sentiment there at the end, Aaron, I really appreciate it. And just best of luck with the, the next phase of training and all these world cup meets coming up. And I can't wait to watch you stand on the podium at those next Olympic games, just like you stated clearly just before that you intend to do so so i i really appreciate the time and uh, just again best of luck with everything thank you very much and thanks for having me on and my thanks again to aaron for joining us on the show today as i said at the outset guys this was going to be something that despite aaron being immersed in the sport of skiing from pretty much day one of her life as you heard there's so much here that we can all take away in in terms of just being able to relate to it and at the end of the day when it comes to being successful within your particular field, what this show is able to do is it's able to provide just enough, just the right type of perspective so that you can always feel in some way, shape or form like you're able to relate to my guests that come on the show. So even if you're just like me and you're terrified of going down a ski slope, it doesn't matter. So much of what Aaron brought to us today 
is so impactful and so applicable to anybody that's trying to better themselves and see success within whatever domain it is that you're trying to be successful within. Now, just a couple of takeaways that I felt were extremely relevant for everybody, in my opinion. And I'm sure you had one or two that maybe go away from this, but the two for me were being able to find bravery in our setbacks. I really loved the way that Aaron explained that, mainly because it's really easily when we have setbacks to be defeated. And for me, by responding to a setback with some sort of assertiveness, some sort of optimism, we're showing bravery in those moments. And we can really build from that. It's something that we can actually take into whatever setbacks are coming up. Because I hate to be the one to break this to you, but if you're someone that feels as though you've already had enough setback in life, you're still probably going to encounter a little bit more. I wish I could tell you that it was all going to be plain sailing, but it's simply not going to be. The importance is, as Aaron's alluded to in this particular episode, are we going to instill bravery in those moments? Are we going to say, despite the situation that I found myself in, I have what is required to go ahead and keep going and put one foot in front of the other and learn from this situation and be better for it moving forward. So I love the way she explained that, the sentiment of finding bravery in setbacks. Now, the other takeaway that I wanted to just bring up very quickly, actually, is what are you doing to pass along your experiences, your insight to that next generation, to those that are coming behind you? As Erin mentioned within the interview, she's very much conscious of the experiences that she's had, whether it be earlier on in her career or certainly now as a very established professional, what can she pass along to this younger generation so that they maybe don't have to go through so much trial and error, let's say, in order to figure out what works for them. Clearly, Erin feels like she has the knowledge and the tools to pass this along and really impact an entire generation of skiers that are coming through, specifically female skiers as well. So for me, as someone who's been coaching athletes and been working with people on bettering themselves pretty much my entire professional life so much of what I've done has been focused towards the individual and trying to better themselves but I always as one of my cornerstones of what I do to better individuals I try to get them to be a little bit more aware of the people that are coming after them the people that are necessarily around them that they can have an impact on on a wider scale. It's something we all need to do. We need to find ways to be a little bit more conscious of what it, what it is we can do to pass along to those that come behind us. So start having to think because it's all going to be specific towards you, the individual. What is it about your job, your life, the people that you exist around? What is it about that environment and that lifestyle that you're living in where you feel that there might be something that you can pass along to those that come behind you. So let's just try to be a little bit more self-aware, almost like a call to action within this particular episode. Thanks to Aaron for passing that one along. And thanks to Aaron for just the entire interview. So much awesome candidness and vulnerability. I love when my guests are willing to go, like I said at the beginning, a little deeper into themselves and provide just some some really impactful content, which Erin uh, was able to do in in so many different aspects within this particular episode. So thanks again, Aaron, for joining us. And thanks to you for listening. So much incredible content coming up on the show. I've got so many interviews already lined up. It's a really exciting time for the show. I thank you so much for listening. But the best thing that you can do for me right now is take this particular episode and share it. Send it on to somebody else. Like I just said, pass it along, right? Pass it along onto somebody else impact somebody's day by telling them that this is an interview 
this is an episode that they can really benefit from. So why don't you go ahead and share this with someone now? And if you're sharing it on social media, at career underscore competitor, if you do that, I'll be sure to give you some sort of a shout out on future episodes as well. So again, thank you so much for listening. Make sure you go into careercompetitor.com. Check out my services. Check out the podcast there. I put every episode up on the website as well. And in the meantime, guys, best of luck with anything and everything you've got going on within your world. And I look forward to speaking with you all again very soon. Bye for now.